Hey, thank you guys for being with us today and welcome to The Quest. It's always good to be together, especially if you're checking us out. If you happen to be checking us out, we always encourage our guests to scan the QR code right there. That QR code will pop up a link and the link will help us get connected. It'll share some information about who we are as a church, help answer some questions that you might have about us. And then when you're ready to connect with us, it'll provide the means to do that. It's just great to have all of you with us. Listen, I also want to remind you that all of our talks are available in podcast form. All you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church and you'll find us on any of the podcast platforms that you're a part of. So before we get into the talk today, I want to pray together. And I know that we've got a lot of things going on in our lives. God knows we do. And this is just a great opportunity to surrender those anxieties, the cares, the apprehensions, the concerns that you're carrying around. It's a great time just to unload that. Give it to God. Let Him provide the strength that you need. Let Him take what you can't control anyway. So let's pray together. Father, we love you and we just come to you. You know our lives individually. You know us in inside and out. You know the things that are weighing us down. You know the challenges that we're facing. And today, right now, we just give ourselves to you. Father, we give you our concerns. We give you our fears. We give to you the things in our lives that we're carrying that are causing worries and anxieties. Father, we just ask for faith. We ask for strength. We ask for you to intervene and to do what we cannot. Father, we trust you today with our lives and we trust you with the things of our lives today. And we just ask that you would take control and help us to trust you more. Give us faith to give to you all the stuff of our lives. Father, help us to trust you as you desire us to trust you. Father, I just ask you to speak into our hearts today. Just speak peace into our lives. Give us faith through the talk and challenge us, each one, for a greater connection with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we're finishing up a great series that we've been in entitled Ghost Stories. And listen, when we talk about ghost stories, usually those are told around campfires. Maybe you're in a tent. Usually it has a flashlight at the bottom of your chin and it casts long shadows. It's darkness outside. And then also you have the uncertain noise and all of that creates fear. Usually there's stories about tragedy that's happened to somebody innocent, just like yourself, in, in an environment just like the one you happen to be in. Ghost stories usually include the sighting and activity of paranormal activity, something that is not of this world, something that is unexplainable. And that usually always gets people freaked out. I think the same thing tends to happen when we're telling ghost stories or, or stories about the Holy Spirit. These stories that we hear create confusion and apprehension, and then these stories become our stories that we share with others. This is a series about the not-so-scary stories of the Holy Spirit. And the reason for this series is so that we can personally experience for ourselves the life-changing and life-giving stories of the Holy Spirit. I keep mentioning this, but we all come from different places, different backgrounds. We've been brought up differently. Maybe you were raised in a denomination that didn't talk much about the Holy Spirit, or maybe you grew up in a denomination that had a lot of talking about the Holy Spirit. And these create different beliefs about the Holy Spirit. Remember, whatever it is that you believe about the Holy Spirit needs to be defined from the scriptures. Not from our baggage, not from our backgrounds, but from our personal knowledge of what the scripture says and what God says about his Holy Spirit. This is especially true in what I'm talking about today. So I want to ask you an important question. You can write this one down. Do your personal beliefs about the Spirit allow you to experience life from the Spirit? Because if they don't, then you're probably in need of a fresh encounter with the Spirit. And what does life from the Spirit look like? 
Do you have a hunger for God's word? Do you want to do what God wants? Do you love spending time with God? Do you want to be used of God? Are you seeing the fruits of the Spirit being formed in your life? Or are people becoming more and more anointing to you? Are you finding yourself stressed? Does spending time with God tend to bore you? Do you find your life controlled by your sinful desires more than the spirit desires? Is it difficult for you to put God first and are you losing maybe your passion for God? Is God's kingdom not your purpose in life? See, these are just a few tell signs that we're lacking spiritual life, that we need a fresh encounter with the spirit. Listen, if your personal beliefs about the spirit don't connect you with the spirit, I would encourage you to change your beliefs. I'm not personally trying to change you. I'm trying to encourage a greater connection with the Holy Spirit. And I'd like you to experience the life that the Spirit gives. Jesus said in John 6.33, he said, The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Also said in John 10.10, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Just understand that the life that Jesus came to give you depends on your connection with the Holy Spirit. So as we wrap up the series, I want to talk about something that doesn't get talked about a lot, and that is, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Again, this tends to be an area where some people carry baggage in. It tends to be an area where people share ghost stories. Maybe you've seen on TV pastors that slap people on the forehead and they fall down. Trust me, I understand the desire to slap some people. I'm just kidding, obviously. But even in Acts, it says this, Then Peter and John laid their hands upon the believers and they received the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've seen on TV where sometimes ministers, they blow on people and they tell them to receive the Holy Spirit. Well, Scripture says it this way, And with this, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. I give you those two examples because a lot of times we see people doing things that we don't understand, but a lot of times what they're doing is just duplicating what they read in Scripture. But then again, a lot of times they take it to an extreme and they take it to excess. And as we've said, the gifts of the Spirit, without the fruit of the Spirit, what happens is we use these gifts and they flow from our egos and not the Spirit. That's what tends to happen. I want to look at a couple of questions that naturally come up when we're talking about being filled with the Spirit. The first question is this, are we filled with the Spirit when we're saved? Because some believe, yes we are, and they would say you can't receive any more of the Spirit than what you get when you're saved. Some people would say no, and I don't know where you're at, but I'm going to just share with you what I believe based on the Scripture. And the first scripture I want to look at is found in Acts. It says this, Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the Holy Spirit. When we acknowledge that we're sinners and we surrender ourselves to God and put our faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross for us personally, that we receive the Holy Spirit. Ephesians says it this way, it says, And now you have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. This is what is referred to as the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and it's promised to every believer. So another point to write down is this, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is a one-time event that occurs when we put our faith in Jesus for salvation. The Holy Spirit takes up residence within us when we put our faith in Jesus to save us. But the scripture also talks about the filling of the Holy Spirit. You remember in Acts 2 when there were 120 that were gathered together in the upper room, all the disciples and other believers, and it says this, 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. A little bit later after that event, Peter and John were praying for a crippled person who was healed. And they were arrested and detained. And listen to how the scripture tells about their response or their defense to those that were in charge. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders. Then a few verses later it says this, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. They prayed, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting at was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Also later in Acts, it says this, And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So we can see the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, not once, but many times. And that helps us to see this next point. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is a repetitive event that a believer can and should ask of God, provided that they're fully yielded to God. See, what we see is that this repetitive event equips them for the mission that Jesus left them. The same mission that you and I have. It didn't just equip them. The filling of the Spirit gave them joy that they needed in the journey. It's like watering your lawn. For your lawn to grow and be healthy, you don't just water it once. You water it many times. You keep it watered. In the summer, it's even more so that you have to continually water it. When we go through difficult seasons, we need to be filled with the Spirit even more. Here's another question that comes up. If I'm filled with the Spirit, do I have to speak in tongues? Again, some believe yes and some believe no. Some denominations believe yes, you have to. I personally say no. But I'm going to add an asterisk to that as well, and I'll explain what I mean by that in just a bit. But let me first address this issue. What is the gift of tongues? When you read Acts 2, it says this, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it goes on to explain that these disciples were speaking in languages that they had never learned. Languages of the regions around them. See, a crowd of people heard the noise that was going on, and it drew them to where the disciples were at. And listen to how the scripture says it. And these people were completely amazed. How can this be, they explained. These people are all from Galilee. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. I think this brings up a really important point you can write down. Speaking in tongues can be the ability to speak a language you've never learned. But it wasn't like going on a vacation to China and it's like, you know, I don't know the language, so I need the gift of tongues. No, that's not what it's about. They were responding to the Spirit. The Spirit of God was speaking through them. They were under the influence and surrendered to the influence of the Holy Spirit. But there are other places where the Scripture describes tongues this way. It says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. And that brings up another really important point. Speaking in tongues can also be a heavenly language that is used to speak to God. Again, it's not a language that is used in any culture on earth. This is a unique and spiritual language. The person is responding 
to the Spirit speaking through them. And here's why it's important to understand that. Because when we're speaking in a heavenly language, write this down, speaking in tongues strengthens the person doing it. See, when you are connected to the Holy Spirit and surrendered to the Spirit, the activity of speaking in a heavenly language gives you spiritual strength that you need. 1 Corinthians 14 says, A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. The reason why I personally believe this gift shouldn't be used in church gatherings today is what the scripture goes on to explain. If unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you're crazy. I personally understand this because when I was a teenager, I invited friends to come to church and they were unbelievers and there was a message in tongues and they said, man, you guys are crazy. They said, don't invite us back. What I think happens is there are churches that use this gift and then this gift becomes a barrier that prevents people from connecting to God. I know I'm giving you just a brief overview, but I wanted to explain it as best as I could. So let me get to this question. If I'm filled with the Spirit, do I have to speak in tongues? I would say the answer to that is no. And here's why I would say that. When Paul is describing the gifts of the Spirit and how each one of them are important in the church, here's what he says. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So Paul's saying not everybody has the same gifts and not everybody has the gift of speaking in tongues. But as I said, I have a couple asterisks that I wanted to add to this. One of those is Jesus said this, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons and they will speak in new tongues. This implies that all those who believe in Jesus will speak in tongues. This is why some believe that all believers can speak in tongues. Another asterisk is this. If speaking in tongues strengthens the person who is speaking in tongues, then I would think that is something that every believer needs and it should be available to everyone. At least that's what I think. I do realize that I did not emphatically answer those questions, but I wanted you to understand what I believe and where I got that from Scripture. And I understand whatever you believe, you're going to pull from the Scriptures as well. But as I said, whatever it is that you believe needs to enhance your experience with the Holy Spirit and your connection with the Holy Spirit. It can't be based out of our fears that keep the Holy Spirit at arm's distance. So as we wrap this up, I want to look at a really important scripture about being filled with the Spirit. It says this in Ephesians, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. In other words, live engaged with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So just so we understand, first of all, you can write this down. Being filled with the Spirit is not a suggestion, it's a command. Because the days that we live in are evil, this is something that is necessary in us and for us. If you are going to carry out the mission of Christ, then we need the strength of the Spirit. We need to be equipped by the Spirit. If the disciples needed to continually be filled, then we do also. If the people around you, if your circumstances, if the events of this world are getting you down, you need more strength, greater strength. 
If your passion for God is all over the place, or maybe your passion for God is drifting, you need a fresh filling of the Spirit. It's funny because we don't seem to have a problem with understanding the concept. If we don't continually fill up our car with gas, it's not going to take us where we need to go, where we want to go. And it's the same with the Spirit. If we're not continually filled with the Spirit, we're not going to get to the place where we need to be or want to be or where God wants us to be. So how do we put ourselves in a place to be filled? Before I get into that, let me tell you my own ghost story about being filled with the Spirit. When I was in college, I went to a Christian college and I really wanted this gift. But I had prayed for it and I'd been prayed for and it just never happened. So basically, I just gave up on it. Basically, I just said, you know, if it happens, it happens. So one day I had some buddies and they invited me to pray with them in their room. It was just about praying and connecting to God. It was not about anything specific. And as I think about it, I mean, how many friends do you have in your life that just call you to get together and pray together? Not many. Anyways, we all found our own personal space, our own corner to pray by ourselves. And while we were praying, that's when I received that gift. That's how it happened to me. But I wasn't even asking for it, really. I wasn't even seeking it, really. I didn't have someone slap me on the forehead. I didn't have someone blow on me. In fact, I didn't need anyone because this is something that was just between me and God. So that becomes a really important issue that I want us to write down about this. To be filled with the Spirit, I need to seek the giver of the gift, not the gift. God is the giver of all gifts, and He will give you what you need. You can relax in that fact. We have to want more of God, not a gift. It's like, God, I want you more than anything in this world. More than anyone in this world, Father. I want you first and foremost. And if I'm going to seek the giver of the gift, then I need to spend time with God. I know that this can be tough, and there's no guilt attached to this. But our desire for God is reflected in our time with God. It's just a fact. I would encourage you to make time to spend with God and not ask for anything. You just want Him. That's it. I just want to spend time with you. And Father, I want more of you. I want to be filled with you. I don't need anything except you. Another point is this. To be filled with the Spirit, I have to want all that God has for me. Truthfully, there are many believers that don't want all of God. They just want what is safe from God. God understands your apprehensions. He understands our fears. But even with apprehensions, we can still say, God, I trust you completely. God, I want all that you have for me. Listen, we don't want our fears and our uncertainties to limit our experience of God. And we don't want our baggage to limit God in our life. I just want to encourage you to seek all that God has for you because all that God has for you is good. And, and here's a last point. To be filled with the Spirit, I have to be fully yielded to God. I can't be riding the fence. A Spirit-filled life is a fully surrendered life where we're willing to say, God, I want to be used by you. I want to serve you. I don't want a safe life. I want a significant life. Father, I will take nothing into eternity with me except what you do in me. Father, I don't want my natural temperament to define me. I want your spirit to define me. Father, equip me for how you plan to use me. Listen, we're either controlled by the flesh or controlled by the spirit. We have to decide 
who's going to have control in our life. The last thing I want to say is this. It doesn't matter what gift you have. You don't have the gift of speaking in tongues. It doesn't mean that you're a second class citizen. That gift doesn't increase God's value of your life. You're not less than because you do or don't have a specific gift. What I want us to understand is a spirit-filled life is a life that seeks God. In Jeremiah 29, it says this, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. We're not talking about riding the fence. We're talking about being all in. Where God is most important to us. And it's reflected in our choices. It's reflected in our time with God. Listen, I understand that we need greater strength for the days that we live in. I also understand that we need greater strength and we need to be equipped for what God has called us to do and to carry out the mission of Jesus that he's left for us to do. And for that to happen, we've got to be filled with the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit, surrendered to the will of the Spirit. And I just want you to know that you can trust God with that. Listen, in order to be filled with the Spirit, you've got to have this relationship with Jesus. And if you don't, this is the time to do that, where we put our faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross so that we can have the indwelling of the Spirit within us, so that we can then be filled with the Spirit continually in our lives, that we can maintain a strength that we need and be equipped for what God has called us to do. So let's pray together. Father, we come to you and you know each person and you hear each prayer. Each person that's calling out for a relationship with you, they want you to be the center of their life. Father, I ask as they put their faith in what your son Jesus did for them on the cross, as they put themselves in a place where they surrender to you, Father, I ask that you would breathe new life into them, a new purpose, as they acknowledge that they're a sinner and need a Savior. Father, that you would give them this life that you would give them a new birth from your spirit. Father, I ask that you would help each of us to live a life that is filled with your spirit, that you would be the passion of our life, the purpose of our life, and the pursuit of our life. Father, we need your strength. We need to be equipped. We need your spirit to be in control in our lives, to lead us, guide us, direct us, but also equip us for what you've called us to do. Father, please help us and not allow our uncertainties to become barriers for us to experience all that you have for us, whatever that might be. Father, help us to experience a continual infilling of your spirit in our lives, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I understand that there's going to be uncertainties and there's going to be apprehensions in your life as you're walking with God and as he's leading you in this direction. What I want you to understand is, we just need to desire all that God has for us because we need the greater strength. We need to be equipped for what God's called us to do. I also want to encourage you, if you're not in a connection group, get in a connection group. Get into a small group with other believers. We are designed for community. We need to do life with other believers, people that are going to pray with us, encourage us, walk with us. If you don't have a connection group, I want to encourage you to scan the QR code. That QR code will pop up a link. That link will give you information about connection groups, and I encourage you to get into one. Also, again, we always thank everyone who gives financially to the Quest. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you for your gifts to the Quest, to the kingdom of God, to the vision that God has given to us. We just appreciate you very much. Thank you so much. Listen, it's always good to spend time together. It's always good to be together. And I just want to encourage you that you begin this process of seeking the giver of the gift, 
not the gift that you would put some time into that pursuit put some time into just being with God and loving on God and asking for more of God listen you guys have a great rest of your week God's best to you we love you so much we'll see you next week bye bye